Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to John chapter 6. We'll be reading a very familiar portion of Scripture. It's actually found in multiple Gospels, but we're going to be reading from John's version today. We will also refer to Luke's version of this same story. And maybe even Matthew's version, but we'll be sticking mainly to John's today. John chapter 6, verses 5 through 13. John chapter 6, verses 5 through 13. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes, he saw a great company come unto him, and he says to Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Willie, just because God asks you a question doesn't mean he doesn't already know the answer. Sometimes God allows us to go through some things, but he already knows the end from the beginning. He knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them. If every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, says to him, there's a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there's much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Jesus took the loaves, and when he'd given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise to the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, everybody say filled. He said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Our sermon today in the banners behind me, you can see the logo, among so many, among so many. Thank you, Lord, for this assembly of people. We thank you for this church of people who love you and have dedicated their lives to you. Some of us are triumphant today. Others are struggling. Lord, there are those among us who are battling huge battles and those that are celebrating victories. But we all stand together under your sovereignty. And we're believing that when you get involved in our situation. That the miraculous will happen. Your kingdom will advance. Our needs will be met. And your name will be glorified. If you believe that, would you say amen? Amen. amen. You may be seated among so many. God has a way of taking what we have. Blessing it. Breaking it. And using it miraculously to meet the needs of more than we ever thought possible because of his desire to feed the hungry. Sometimes, Mary, when you have a need in your life and God allows it to continue, it's because that through that circumstance, he has a way of using it to bless not only you, but those around you. The Bible teaches us it is the Father's good pleasure to give to his children. So anytime that we find ourselves in need, then it's good to ask a few questions about how the Lord is working and what he's doing through that circumstance. What I want to encourage you as a church today is, as we gather together, is that everybody that you're concerned about in your life, if you're concerned about a family member, I am. If you're concerned about a friend, I am. If you're concerned about a neighbor, I am, or an acquaintance, Jesus, Jesus 
notices the hungry first. He notices them before we do. Everybody that you're concerned about today, Jim, everybody that you prayed for in this last week, Jesus noticed their need before you did. The Bible says that he's the one that went to Philip. Philip didn't run to him, Scott, and said, what are we going to do? We've got all these people. They're hungry. There's no 7-Eleven around here. There's no McDonald's or anything of that nature. There's no fast food. We're in the middle of a, of a wilderness place. And so how are we going to feed all these people, Jesus? That's not how it happened. Jesus said, Jesus said, where are we going to buy food for these? And then the Bible says that Philip said, I don't have any idea. If we spent 200 pennies worth. Now, this is not 200 pennies like our pennies, so $2. I don't know where you can feed 5,000 people for two bucks. You couldn't do that at Crystal's. And so I don't know what, you know, where you can find that kind of bargain. 200 penny worth actually were 200 denarius coins. Denarii is the plural. And Brother Mullins, this is, this is one right here. The image on it is the image of the emperor at the time Jesus lived. It's Tiberius. It's likely that this coin was the one that Jesus, not, not this very one, but one like it. That if somebody would have told me that, they'd, been kinda, they'd take me in, wouldn't they? But, but it was one like it that Jesus held up when he said, whose image is on this coin? And they showed him Tiberius' picture, and they said, Caesar. And he said, you render to Caesar what is Caesar, but God what is God's. Remember that? It was likely a denarius. It was the most common coin in the Roman realm. And Willie, it represented one day's labor for a wage worker, a day's labor. And so if we took a union job, for instance, maybe $20 an hour uh, for a, 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 a decent entry-level union job. I'm just making up some numbers here. 200 of that, a day's labor, a day at, you know, $20, $25 an hour would be about $200. 200 times that would be 40,000 bucks. Philip is saying, Jesus, if we had $40,000, we couldn't feed all these people. That's $8 a piece. And if you walk into Ruth's Chris and you say, I got eight bucks. They'd probably say, I got two pieces of broccoli. Have fun. Now, if you go to Burger King, you could get a meal for $8. But, you know, you'd have to be careful. You'd have to get the, the sale one because even a combo at a fast food costs more than that now. The point being, their, their economy couldn't manage the situation. They didn't have that kind of money lying around, $40,000. Jesus will put you in situations where your strategic plans will not suffice. Jesus will see to it in your life that you come under circumstances that you can't handle on your own. Amen. He will put you in circumstances where you can't meet the needs of others that you want to meet. One of the most frustrating portions of my life now is that there's people that I care about and people that I love. There's people under the sound of my voice right now that if I could snap my fingers and make something happen for you and, 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 and I could have the magic factory, I would do it. And sometimes my strategies, though, are not enough. My words are not enough to change the circumstance. But I want to encourage everyone here today and I want to encourage anyone who's listening right now Jesus knows how to handle every circumstance. And as a church, we're not asked to have all the answers, but we do get to participate. We do get to involve ourselves in the work. 
They didn't have enough to feed everybody, but he did say, Brother Mark, this is for you. He said, set them down by companies of 50. And so he was organized in the way that he did it. How did they know there were 5,000 men? Well, we got 100 groups of about 50. Now, I'm sure that, you know, Barnabas and Justice, you know, they wanted to be together. So they, you know, there's 48 over here and 52. They may not have done it perfect, but it was about 50. And that's how they knew how many people there were. So getting organized is not unspiritual. But I'm going to tell you, we can't organize enough revival to help every family in Arlington and Atoka and in Germantown and Cordova that needs help. We don't have enough strategy and we don't have enough administration. There's not enough marketing to meet the needs of marriages. There's not enough consumer reports to, to meet the needs of those who are held captive by condemnation. I, I, I just want to say unequivocally today, in case you were wondering, we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our midst. We need the power of the name of Jesus in our midst. We need the power of the truth of God in our church. We don't have enough resources to meet the needs of people, but He has enough resources to meet the needs of people. So Andrew comes in. I love Andrew because Andrew does what ordinary people can do. Andrew doesn't speak with other tongues here. Andrew doesn't work any miracles here. Andrew doesn't turn double back somersault flips and, and do something special. He doesn't even walk on water like Peter did. All he does is he finds somebody with some food and gets them to Jesus. He's just got that it can't hurt attitude. So I think I'll just do this. And so he's, you know, I don't, I don't know. The backstory could have been comical, Brother Mark. Maybe, maybe he's just wandering around. Who's got food? Who's got food? And maybe some dude hid his because he, he packed a lunch, but he didn't want anybody to know. And, and maybe, maybe somebody pointed, I smell food over there. I smell food. And some guy's like, you know, and he's, he's eating all of his stuff and he's finished. But somewhere down the line, there's a little kid that raised his hand and said, I've got some food. I'll share. And Andrew said, you know, I'm making this up. It's in my mind and my imagination. But suffice it to say, he, he grabs that little kid and he brings him to Jesus. You know, Andrew, when we first meet him in the Bible, is bringing somebody to Jesus. He brought Simon Peter. That's right. And he said, you got to meet this guy. I just wish somebody would have enough boldness to introduce somebody or something to Jesus. I wish somebody under the sound of my voice, you don't have to be super spiritual and know, you know, what all the beasts are in Revelation or, or you don't have to know, you know, who wrote to, uh, at what time Ezekiel was written. You don't have to even be able to, to name all the books of the Bible or have all the biblical and theological answers to everything in order to get something done for the kingdom of God. All Andrew did is say, hey, here's a guy with some food and here's a God who can do something about it. I think I'll take the guy and the God and get them together and see if something good happens. I wish somebody would say, here's a need and I'm going to introduce Jesus to it. He was a little lad, a little lad. He was small and he was young. This little boy to me, this little boy to me represents Arlington United. We are small and we are young. We're smaller this week than we were last week. Our attendance went on a diet from last week. And so we're smaller. Next week, I hope we will grow and have more. I hope the next week after that, it's more and more and more and more. But the truth is, we're a small church. And we're a young church. Brother Mullins, we're like the small lad. We're, we're young in stature. And we're small in, 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 in years. 
And yet we have something that we can offer to God. It's early in the life cycle of this church. We're not a mature church. We're inexperienced. We're immature as a congregation. I'm not calling you immature. I just mean our time together is, is immature. We're, 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 we're young together. We haven't been through a thousand crises together, but we've been through a few. We haven't celebrated a thousand souls being baptized in Jesus' name, but I believe that we will. We're young, but we do have something to offer Jesus. The enemy always wants to show you his great power and your great weakness. He always wants to parade in front of you and like rubbing a puppy in the carpet, his nose in the carpet. He always wants to rub in front of you your weakness and your sickness and your flaws and your faults and all the things that you don't have. And that young man may have been the youngest and the smallest in the crowd that day. It didn't say 5,000 children. It said about 5,000 grown men, if you were. And he may have been the youngest. He may have been the smallest. But I'm going to tell you, he was the most willing and he was willing to give what he had to Jesus. And I believe that if we at Arlington United will be willing to give what we have, Jesus will do something with it. When Jesus gets ready to feed a city, Brother Mullins, there's a blessing and a breaking that precede the multiplying. Luke 9, in Luke's version of this story, he says he takes the bread and he blessed it and he break it. And we're all about the blessing. I'm here for that. We're lined up early in the morning. We want to get our ticket and stand in line. We want to get behind the velvet rope to get to the blessing part because that's what we want. We want to be VIPs, very important Pentecostals. We want to, to get the blessing of God. And yet the breaking of God is also necessary. Mary, I wish it weren't true. Honestly, I wish you didn't have to go through difficult circumstances. I wish I could shield you from every negative word. I wish I could shield every one of you from any negative consequences in life and that I could stand between you and difficulty and guard you from hurt and guard you from pain. I wish I could guard you from rejection, but the way of our Christ is the way of suffering and sometimes there's some things that we have to go through. But hold on, Christian, because just as He blesses you and just as He breaks you, He will heal and He will use and He will work miraculously through those that will stay in His hands. You didn't ask to be born. It was up to your parents. You had no vote. You had no say in the matter. You're here. I'm here. And life Breaks everybody. Hear me. Everybody goes through things. Everybody goes through struggles. But the Christian's hope is this. We don't just get broken. Because everybody gets broken. But we have the privilege of being blessed. If you'll keep yourselves in the hands of Jesus. You won't just experience breaking in life. But I prophesy to you today. You will experience blessing in life. And God will use you to bless others. We have been blessed. We've been broken. But I'm telling you today, Arlington United, we are about 
to be multiplied. It's not only a promise, it's a challenge. Like produces like. Every living thing produces after its kind. Genesis 1 and 24. And I rise in this pulpit today to challenge you again. If Arlington United is multiplied, what kind of church will it be? What kind of love will we have in our fellowship if everybody is just like you? What kind of worship will we experience in our services if everybody worships like I worship? How, how studious will we be in the Word of God as we grow if people have my devotional habits in their life? How caring will we be for one another if everybody cares the way that I care? How praying of the church will we be if people follow my prayer life? Will we have people that fast if they follow after me and copy after my life? Will we have people that reach out to those who have needs outside our community, practical needs, spiritual needs? Will they be met if people are like me? God's rate-limiting resource is not currency. And that's what Philip found out. It's character. Are you willing to take your little and put it in the hands of someone who can make it more than you ever thought it would be? The commodity that he's seeking is not, you know, being cool. His commodity that he's seeking is commitment. And where he finds faithfulness he will funnel resources. I wish we had a great big building. That's fine. I wish we had, I wish we had a, a great big uh, team of people to do this and do that and, and all that. I, I wish we had a million dollars in the bank or five million or whatever it would take to buy land and build here. And all. I, I wish we had all those resources. We don't. But if we'll be faithful, God will take care of the resources. If we'll take care of the faithfulness, He'll take care of everything else. I'm not worried about that. But we are representing the first fruits of his revival here. Five loaves, two fishes. You've got a card near your seat. And for those of you that are online, it looks like this. And that card says among so many. And that's the question that they ask. We got five loaves and we got two fishes, but what are they among so many? In the Bible, bread represents Jesus as the bread of life. And Brother Jim, it said, Jesus told us, if you cast your bread on the waters, it'll come back. He, 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 he had the author of Ecclesiastes pin that in the Old Testament, that if you cast your bread out, Ecclesiastes 1 and 11, you cast it out, it'll come back to you after, after many days. Bread indicates casting out, and, and there's even a restaurant, you know, about a couple of hours from here where they... They throw there those rolls. Bread, you cast it on the water. You, you, you cast it beyond you. There were five loaves, and then there were two fishes. The fish represents fellowship. Throwing out bread is, 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 is spreading the, the good news of Jesus beyond us. Fish represent fellowship. In John chapter 21, after they had been fishing, Jesus had broiled some fish on the fire. He's, he's my kind of guy, Preston. He was, he was grilling. I like that. And so uh, he's there and he's, he's feeding them and they're eating together. That's, that's my kind of pastor. I can get along with a guy that likes to eat. And so they came and they fellowship. And in early Christian faith, underneath the, the Roman uh, streets in the catacombs, they would draw a picture of a fish to represent Jesus. And they would, they would put the initials of Jesus Christ, Lord of Nazareth, on that fish. And it represented Jesus and having fellowship together even in a, in a persecuted world. And so to me, when you look at this card, I, I want you to think of five loaves as being reaching out to someone else. 
And I want you to think of those two fishes as being reaching out to someone that you have fellowship with. The five loaves represent sharing Jesus with somebody who doesn't know him. The two fishes represents fellowshipping with somebody who does. Two fishes is somebody within our network of faith. Somebody that already knows the Lord, who's already been filled with the power of the Spirit. Somebody already carries the name of Jesus. And if you encourage them, that, that would represent a fish. And if you spoke to someone at the McDonald's line today and you, you prayed for them and you said, Lord, bless that young lady. She has a tough job. Nobody really respects the, the McDonald's lady. Nobody's saying that she's a first responder or a hero and nobody's, nobody's giving parades for her, but she did a service for my family today. She got us a big breakfast and I appreciate that. That represents a loaf. You're reaching out to somebody else. You're looking them in the eye. You're valuing them. You're praying for them and reaching out to somebody. I, I want to challenge I want to challenge this this week. I, I've printed a thousand of these cards. Uh, Sister Kayla designed them, my sister-in-law, and I appreciate her doing that great work. But I want to challenge everybody this week to find five people that you can have an impact on. Now, Candace, I could give you half that box of cards because I know you know 2,500 people. I mean, it's, it's pretty easy. There are some of us who are extroverts. And it's a little easier to connect to people. What does a loaf represent? It, I, I wish you'd carry this in your purse or your wallet. Put it, put it, in your, put it on your dash or your vehicle, your truck, or your car that you drive. And if you talk to somebody about the Lord, write down their name next to one of those pieces of bread here. If you, if you, if you text somebody and say, hey, hey man, let's go out to eat. I, I want to connect with you. I, I miss you. you put, that, put that name on there. If you, if you pray for somebody, even if you don't have a chance to, to speak with them, let's say you're an introvert and you're not like me or Candace. It does, you know, you're not, you're not as outgoing or whatever. I, I think of Rebecca, you're kind of quiet, quieter, uh, than, than I am at least. But if there were five people that you prayed for this week, you could scribble their names on that card. And that would be your five lows because you prayed for five people outside of our building. You know what? We got plenty of invitations. We need more intercession. And so it's not all about knocking on somebody's door cold and just saying, hey, why don't you come to church with me? It's about extending our vision beyond our little circle and saying, God, we want you to touch Arlington. I've done the math, you know, and, and it, we don't have to get all tied up in the numbers. If you talk to one person this week and, and, and this card in some way inspired you to do that or reminded you to do that, just reminded you of our Christian duty to reach out, it'd be worth it. It'd be worth whatever we paid for the design and all the thousand cards if you talk to one person. It's not about the numbers, but it's about reaching people. But if we did it, Brother Mark, if we did it, and if 20 people reached five people this week, it would take us three years and two months to reach 16,000 people in Arlington. Now I know we're gonna, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna reach more people Twice. You, you, you may have somebody that's on this card on your card every week because you may talk to them every week. You may pray for somebody every week this year. Well, wouldn't that be an awesome thing? What if we do overlap? Because we're going to grow. And I just believe that if we will take this to task and use it as a reminder, there's nothing magic about this card. There's nothing magic about any technique. There's no technique that brings revival. There's no technique that brings human change. But we can provoke one another to good works. And we can do something for the Lord. How many would be willing to pray for somebody this week? How many would be willing to, to maybe text somebody and encourage somebody? 
How many would be willing to call somebody and say, hey, you've been on my mind? What if, what if Mary got three calls this week or three texts from somebody, even in this church, that said, hey, I was looking at that fish and I didn't want Brother Clay to ask me, so I prayed for you. <laughs> you can call it manipulation, but I bet she'd be glad to get the prayers. <laughs> what, what, if, what, if, what if two people texted Jim and said, hey, man, I appreciate your faithfulness and your leadership and you're a good guy and I love you and I love your wife and I love your kids. That wouldn't make you feel too bad, would it, Jim? That, that, would that be encouragement to you? Guys, it's not hard. It's not hard. Why are there five loaves and why are there two fishes and why did the Lord choose this story for us this year? Because the rest of this year, this banner is going to be up. The rest of this year, I'm going to be waving these cards around. And the rest of this year, you know, next Sunday, we're going to have a basket out for you to put your cards in. Don't put any special information or private information on it from people. But if you just, if you, just you don't want to even put their name, you can put a check mark by it. I, I pray for somebody. But we're not just going to track attendance this next year. Because I'm interested in growing attendance. Don't misunderstand me. Every, every number is a person. That's fine. But what I'm really interested in is what kind of impact we can have on our community. Because if we will have an impact, God will send revival. If we'll be willing... At, what is a dumb card in, in front of, what, what is 16 people for 16,000? I'll tell you what it is. The Bible says one can put a thousand to flight. Now we're not trying to run Arlington off. We're not trying to put Arlington to flight. But here's what I believe, Rebecca. I believe that if you will pray for somebody, God will put the enemy to flight in their life. That if you will care about somebody, God will take the, the enemy away from them so that they can respond to the spirit. I believe that if we pray for people, God will make a difference. Stand with me today. 16,000 people in Arlington. Kroger and a dry cleaners got robbed last month. There were gunshot victims. There was one found in a home. There was a gunshot victim at McDonald's. Our city's not safe from strife. Our city's not safe from difficulty. It's not... It's not some enclave where nothing bad happens. There, there are marriages that are struggling in our community. There are children that, that don't have the right uh, understanding of who they are and who God's made them to be. There, there are lonely people in our community. There are depressed people in our community. There are people that need something from the Lord. There are people that need the Lord's blessing. And they need the blessing of the Lord. And you and I, you and I have the ability to this is not a It's just a reminder. Really? Stick this in your car. Stick on cash. When you drive somewhere, if you meet somebody, tell them about it. You can just tell them, hey, I'm at some people you need to meet. It could be that simple. If you meet somebody, you don't get a chance to talk to them. If you feel something in your heart about that person, go home and pray for them. That's you spreading Jesus to somebody else. It's you sharing the message of God with somebody else. If you don't get five of them done, what do you think it will do? You got one done, and that's better than you can Everybody can do this. Anybody feel like you can do this? I want you to work. This is, this is how we do offer today. It's not going to be high pressure. I'm not going to, we're not going to pull out all the stops today. I'm not, I'm not even going to scream at you anymore today. I'm going I'm to I'm be calm. But all I'm asking is for you to bring your car and for you to pray over it and say, Lord, and, and you may already have some people write their names in the back of that card that you need to text your call this week. If there's somebody you need to have dinner with or lunch with, 
breakfast with. Write their name down. If there's somebody you haven't connected to in a while, you need to encourage them. If there's somebody in this church that you know is struggling, you say, I didn't mean to talk to them until my love. Write down your name. Let's get it done this week. What do you say? And let's pray that people that we don't even know God will lead us to. I'm praying right now that if there are people under this, I'm just going to pray right now. Lord, if there are people in our city that are struggling, God, today, lead us to them. There are people in our, our own community of faith right here, right now, that are struggling, God. We're asking to help us encourage them as well. Encourage me today, Lord. I need to but Lord, if there's a lady in the, in the fast food line that needs help, if there's, a, if there's a woman in the Kroger checkout that needs help, God, quicken my spirit and help me understand. Lord, help me to lift my eyes and see people in the name of Jesus. If you're going to try to do that this week, bring your card in the front. Let's just, if, I, there's plenty of room. We'll spread out. We'll be 16 parts. So let's, let's pray that God will help us to make a difference this week. Among so many who are we're the church, and God will move through us. If we will put something in his hands. Let's 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 pray together as Jesus' name.